Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverance. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, February 13th. Good morning, Relevant Radio family. Welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins. Our studio producer is Gabby Burke in for Sarah, who is off today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday morning. I hope you had a great Super Bowl weekend. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning Super Bowl 57. We'll have more in a moment. Now, it was a great Super Bowl Friday for us uh, here at Relevant Radio. First of all, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Relevant Radio family. Uh, It was just another amazing gift from the heart, winner, pledge drive, unbelievable, heroic support. Thank you for allowing us to continue to bring Christ to the world through the media. Once again, like we've done it in the past, uh, we made our goal of $3 million. We did it uh, in dramatic fashion, drawing from my sports background. (laughs) Friday night, uh, the final 12 minutes of the pledge drive during the Drew Mariani show with Mike Kendall and Father Rocky in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Laura in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, made a $200 pledge. And with that pledge, we have Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! What a team! This is awesome. There we go. I love it. Thank you very much. What a what an unbelievable pledge and uh, yes, it was absolutely amazing. It was so exciting there down the stretch. No doubt uh, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, our Lady of Lourdes. In fact, I already bought my two dozen roses for our Lady as promise for reaching our goals. Looks like we made it. Thank you, Barry Manilow. Yes. We made it. Uh, here's the very happy totals: uh, three million one hundred sixteen thousand two nineteen from fifteen thousand fifty-four donations of our relevant radio family. The average gift amount two hundred seven dollars. Just amazing. So exciting. It was really exciting. That's why I say it was our Super Bowl Friday. I want to bring in my partner, uh, Glenn. Grateful once again, before we talk about uh, yesterday's Super Bowl, what an inc- incredible uh, winter pledge drive for us. Oh, it certainly was uh, to make it with about 10 minutes to go of <laughs> 10 to 5 on Friday afternoon central time when that uh, call came in. And uh, and then, you know, the giving kept going over the weekend as well. But thank you so much to the world's greatest audience. Thank you so much for everyone who donated, everyone who prayed for us, who told friends, reminded them, and for whoever kept just kept cheering us on. You know, we, we thank you so much as uh, we really uh, just blew right through that total. But uh, coming down to the wire at the last minute, a lot of fun, everybody working together with a lot of energy, but so great as always to hear from so many people, to hear you know what's on the hearts of folks with those prayer requests as well. And uh, it's a wonderful cooperative effort between Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio listeners. 
No question about it. Uh, total team effort, uh, both uh, here at Relevant Radio from all the show hosts, all the producers, all the technical people. I mean, it, it takes an entire team to get it done, but also from the Relevant Radio family, uh, who, as you've said time and time again, the greatest listeners in the world. In fact, our morning air family, uh, the early birders, uh, were tremendous on uh, Friday. We had 619 gifts for uh, over $96,000 Every single one of you is so important to our mission, uh, whether it's big or small, you've all made a difference for time and for eternally. Thank you again, Morning Air family. Uh, we uh, love you guys. Now, if you missed uh, last week's pledge drive party, for whatever reason, you can still make a tax-deductible donation by calling 877-291-0123. Also, you can give online at relevantradio.com or make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Let's shift gears and talk about uh, yesterday's uh, Super Bowl. It was a game for the ages. My goodness, I almost couldn't go to bed last night. I was so keyed up as uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes led the Kansas City Chiefs to yet another Super Bowl comeback from 10 points down. He played on an injured ankle. Mahomes threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter alone before Harrison Bucker, uh, our good Catholic friend Harrison Bucker, he kicks a 27-yard field goal with eight seconds left to give the Chiefs a 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles as heard on Westwood One. Third and goal for the Philadelphia. Mahomes shotgun snap, backpedals and throws a pass, wide open, spinning catch, five into the end zone, Sky Moore. The Chiefs have compounded their lead now with 9.22 to go. Quarterback sneak, Hertz is going to push it across for the touchdown. And the Eagles have come right back on a one-yard touchdown run by Hertz. And the Chiefs will try to go up with a 27-yard field goal by Harrison Butker. Winchester the snap. The hold by Townsend. The kick is away and good! 27-yard field goal to take a lead with eight seconds remaining in Super Bowl 57. 38 35. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Glenn, what a gutty performance uh, for Patrick Mahomes. He was named the Super Bowl MVP, finishing with three touchdown passes on the night. He he got it done despite the grimacing pain from that ankle that he hurt uh, just before halftime. Got to hand it to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs trainers. Uh, my goodness, uh, whatever they did at halftime to get him going again because it looked pretty tough. They were down by 10 going into the locker room, and he was limping and, uh, you know, again, easily evident in, in pain. Great pain, but came out uh, throwing and running as well, and uh, he left it all on the field, and, and that was enough to be the MVP. First time in like six or seven tries where actually the regular season passing leader ended up winning in the Super Bowl, and uh, he not only was the, the league regular season MVP, but got that trophy for the game as well. A fabulous job. A lot of heart from Patrick Mahomes. A lot of hearts. Uh, a lot of heart also from uh, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, with yes, the Eagles. Yes. He was absolutely fantastic uh, uh, with the entire world watching. Uh, four TD uh, touchdowns, uh, three rushing, one uh, passing. Um, it's, a, it's a, I'm sure, a very difficult uh, loss, but maybe the, the, the 
best game that Jalen Hurts has ever, ever played, uh, Glenn. Yeah, you know, he had that tough fumble that uh, led to a Kansas City touchdown at one point. A couple of controversial calls, uh, you know, that went against both teams at one point, including one toward the very end, a defensive holding uh, penalty that uh, got the ball down inside the 10 for Kansas City on their their final drive. But what an exciting game as far as what happened on the field. And, uh, of course, off the field, so much attention on on commercials and all of that. Uh, The the campaign, uh, Jesus, He Gets Us, uh, I think had my favorite spot there as well with the little kids inviting us to be a little bit more like a kid and then uh, dogs featured prominently as well and the the one from the dog food company uh showing the the life of a dog and the, and the family around it over time a couple of off the field highlights too and i know we got more coming up next hour about that john yes absolutely i like the john travolta uh, commercial uh, that was it was very uh, very uh, fun uh yeah P- uh, peter atkinson the director of mary uh, beggars is going to be with us uh, to, to break down the, the halftime show and talk a little bit about the commercials and the entertainment part of uh, super bowl 57 i want to just share with you uh patrick mahomes uh, reaction after being named the super bowl mvp um, this is uh, what he said to Fox. I told y'all this week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. And uh, I just want to shout out my teammates, man. We challenged each other. It took everybody to win this football game. So uh, shout out my teammates, baby. We're Super Bowl champs, baby. Let's go. You know, I had a gut feeling uh, that Harrison Butker would be uh, involved. In fact, I texted a listener on Friday and I said, you know, I'm a Bears fan, but I wouldn't be surprised if Butker kicks the game-winning field goal. And sure enough, I got a text last night. You were right. So he did it. He absolutely uh, came through uh, there with eight seconds left to to win it in in unbelievable fashion, uh, Glenn. You know, and just a uh, you know a heart wrenching game for him too. He, he got the winner, but the earlier he uh, hit one off the upright, and, uh, you know that had, had a very loud one too. Absolutely. So that that had to be had to be tough, and he was I'm sure so happy to get a chance at redemption there too. Again, not where you start, it's where you finished. Uh, congrats uh, to the Chiefs. Well. First things first. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, I always appreciate it. Thank, thanks. Sure thing, John. Sure uh, thing. Love talking football and faith with you, and we're <laughs> going to talk more here coming up uh, momentarily, but we're going to start with prayer. We always give thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings, uh, including the uh, tremendous pledge drive as we continue also to uh, pray for an end to abortion in our nation through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. We always invoke the Holy Spirit every single morning here when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show and send us an email uh, if you want to reach us directly. Morningair at relevantradio.com is the address. Now, last week during the pledge drive before the Super Bowl, I had the opportunity to talk 
uh, with former NFL quarterback uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, Rivers sh- shared with me how his devout Catholic faith has impacted his amazing NFL career, and he also talked about his personal life as a father of nine children. Philip Rivers is one of the all-time great quarterbacks, 17 years in the NFL, primarily with San Diego and the L.A. Chargers, and his final year with the Indianapolis Colts. He's an eight-time NFL Pro Bowler, retiring fifth on the all-time NFL passing yards and touchdown list. Extra lineman, first and goal, Taylor in. Fake to Taylor, in the end zone, number 400. Malawi Cox has caught the 400th touchdown pass of Philip Rivers. And the Colts take a lead early in the second. And Rivers is going to throw, and wide open is Hunter Henry, and he'll be in for the touchdown. Rivers looking, has a man, that's Jackson at the five, curls towards the end zone, diving, touchdown, San Diego! You go play action, all kinds of time for Phillip Rivers to peruse the secondary, strike by Phillip Rivers, and the Chargers have taken control. Now, since retiring in 2021, Philip Rivers is now the head coach of St. Michael Catholic High School football team in Fairhope, Alabama. In case you missed it last week, we got the rewind for you here this morning. This is my conversation with Philip Rivers again before Super Bowl 57. Good morning, Philip. Thanks so much for joining us uh, during this Super Bowl week. Uh, it is great to be with you uh, here on Relevant Radio for the very first time. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me for, for the kind introduction. I'm glad to be on with you this morning. Well, it is a joy to be with you. Uh, full disclosure, uh, we had Father Richard Rocha, the chaplain of the Kansas City Chiefs, on yesterday. Uh, so uh, we thought uh, we would be fair and balanced. Uh, I, I sort of have a hint of uh, who you're pulling for in this Super Bowl. Getting used to this, being out of the, out of the league, retired uh, from the NFL. So you end up, I found, at least in the last few years, I end up pulling for former teammates or former coaches. Obviously, you know, as we know, it's built, uh, the you know, career was based on relationships. I mean, you had so many great memories in, in the games and all those things, but you, it's about the relationships you built over the course of two decades almost. Uh, the head coach, Nick Sirianni, with the Eagles, it was, was in San Diego. I was with him for three, four, five years as a receiver coach. Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, I was with two different times with the Chargers. Uh, Jason Michael was a tight end coach with the Chargers, who's also on the Eagles staff. There's a handful more, so you have that connection with those guys, so you uh, you find yourself pulling pulling for them when it comes down to it. Absolutely, uh, the NFL is like one big uh, brotherhood, one big fraternity. So it's going to be very tough uh, not to pull uh, for uh, one of your former coaches, a number of your former coaches, uh, Philip. Uh, as a former NFL quarterback, uh, are, are you looking forward to seeing the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and the Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts? facing each other, two bona fide MVP candidates. Yeah, I tell you, these two guys uh, have both had unbelievable seasons. I think, you know, Jalen obviously had an injury there that slowed him down a little bit. That may keep him from winning the MVP, and it's going to be probably be Mahomes. But, uh, you know, win against Mahomes a handful of times with our time in the same division with uh, your Chargers and Chiefs in the AFC West. But two really good players. They both were the all-pro quarterbacks representing this year. They, uh, You mentioned both number one seeds. 
And currently, the both teams have scored the exact same number of points, which is just just crazy. They both have a Kelsey brother. There's so many parallels. I, th- I think I think they did uh, one thing. I do know. I think they got the two best teams playing in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, and you know, Super Bowl Sunday has really become, and it's been for a while, an unofficial American holiday. What are you looking forward to the most uh, f- for this upcoming Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Well, you know, I, I always dreamed of playing in the game and, and, and never never did get there to play in the game. I've never been to the game. I always said the first time I go, I'm going to be playing in it. Well, that, that, that's passes by, and that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. But um, we just enjoyed it as a family. You know, what, again, you have former coaches, former teammates you played with, and uh, – you know, it's 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 the last it's the last time we'll sit around and watch watch football together. You know, this season and um, my two sons are, are, are growing up and, and getting older, so that makes that a lot of fun. And, and my girls, they chime in and enjoy it as well. So. Uh, it'll be a fun afternoon. Well, Philip, uh, my partner, Glenn, who's a big uh, Vikings fan, uh, reminded me uh, that you probably would have done really, really well in the flag football game, uh, the new version of the Pro Bowl, since you were an eight-time Pro Bowl. How do you think you would have done? Oh, yeah, I'd have, been all right. I'd have been all right in that game. I could, st- I could still hang the flag game for sure, <laughs> even being two years out. How does it feel to hear some of those highlights uh, from your many, many touchdowns, including uh, number 400? No, they're uh, great memories, great memories. I think, um, you know, I had a teammate, LaDainian Thompson, who always said we didn't, we didn't win a championship, but we had a lot of championship moments and uh, a, lot, a lot of great memories. And even when I hear those highlights, just so many guys start you know, flashing through your head and bus ride memories and locker rooms and long days at training camp. And it was certainly a blessing to uh, be able to live out that, that part of my dream for, uh, for so many years. Well, I think uh, a blessing is exactly uh, right on. You have been very blessed uh, during your 17-year NFL career as a quarterback. 63,000 yards passing, over 421 uh, career touchdown passes. Uh, how special was it for you that the good Lord allowed you to uh, let that dream of playing in the NFL come true? Yeah, just just very thankful, very thankful. I, I I grew up and made a poster when I was in like the fifth grade that said, you know, at that time I I was I, I was an only child. I said I wanted a brother, which I I, I ended up uh, having a brother that's eleven years younger than me, and ended up with a sister too, sixteen years younger. But I wanted a brother. I wanted to play for my dad, which I did. He was my high school football coach, and I wanted to play in the NFL. So I had to say that uh, you know, getting to put a check mark beside all three of those and. And now I'm getting to, you know, coach my boys uh, and coach high school football and kind of re- relive the, uh, I guess, or redo the, you know, it's kind of coming full circle now with me coaching and then my boys. I was a dad ball boy and my oldest son will be the quarterback this year. So we're getting to relive it again 30 years later. Um, so, yeah, no, it, nothing but nothing but gratefulness uh, for, for, for being able to live out those dreams I had when I was a young boy. And to be able to walk in the footsteps of your dad, who was a, a longtime high school football coach. Yeah, no, there's no question. I, I had that past being around all his teams all those years growing up just really uh, was inspiring. And, and to be around the, the young men at that age, uh, you know, that 14 to 18-year-old, young boy is very formidable age as we know and and then getting to do it at a catholic high school uh especially this day and age when it's so hard to intertwine the faith now at being at a catholic high school that's a it's a very part of the fabric of our football program certainly a part of the the mission of the school so uh getting to be at a catholic high school and coach these young men and and you know we talk about it all the time the whole young man spiritually physically emotionally academically and and not if it's just about the football, then we're missing out. And that's what I, I, I have such a passion for, for this, you know, coaching at this level is it's way bigger than the football. You want them to be better men for it uh, when they come out of the program. 
Philip, uh, in these final moments, can you share with us uh, from the heart what your Catholic faith, uh, the love of our Lord and Our Lady, means to you? I'm just very thankful, uh, very thankful for my faith. I, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, and you know, I think it started very, very, uh, very simple for me. Was we don't miss mass on Sundays. There was just never an option. And I think receiving the sacraments and 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 that being just that simple obedience was very foundational for me as I grew and my faith became my own. Uh, my wife Tiffany and I have almost been married 22 years. She was a convert to the faith, so she was very inquisitive and that even strengthened my faith and our our bond and and relationship was built on christ and um and then you know i think just staying grounded in the sacraments grounded in the sacraments you hear about the faith family football and it can become cliche but i you know again shoot i've failed many times but you get back up again and, and again stay grounded in the sacraments and uh just very thankful for our family closeness and certainly it being centered on our faith uh, and you mentioned Our Lady. I was born on December 8th. Of course, the feast of Immaculate Conception. So I've certainly felt her uh, love and uh, and blessings uh, and intercessions over the years. My oldest son is born on February 11th, coming up here, Our Lady of Lords. So just uh, you mentioned all the blessings. We could talk about the football in forever, but I think uh, just the blessings from God and our family and our faith uh, would certainly uh, supersede those uh, by a long shot. And that was my conversation with eight-time NFL Pro Bowl former quarterback Philip Rivers, one of the all-time great QBs, a devout Catholic father of nine. If you want to share this interview, go to our Morning Air podcast at Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app. Congratulations once again to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning Super Bowl 57. We'll have more reaction next hour, and Peter Atkinson's going to break down uh, the halftime show as well as some of the Super Bowl commercials. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Catholic author and speaker Emily Geminet will join us to talk about National Marriage Week and the importance of marriage in this day and age. Stay with us as this Monday edition of Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio and the the relevant radio app. Cause all of me loves all of you. Love your curves and all your edges. All your perfect and And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and producer Gabby in for Sarah this morning. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Monday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thank you once again, in case you didn't hear us at the top of the show, for an absolutely amazing Give From the Heart winner pledge drive. We did make our goal of $3 million on Friday night in the final minutes of the pledge drive during the Drew Mariani show. We did it with your amazing support, and no doubt through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, Our Lady of Lourdes, whose feast day was this past Saturday. Now, for whatever reason, if you weren't able to be part of our pledge drive last week, uh, you can still make a tax-deductible donation by uh, giving us a call at 877-291-0123, or you can do it online at relevantradio.com or uh, make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Again, thank you, thank you uh, so much uh, for all your amazing support. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from John 14, 6. Jesus the Lord says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no salvation 
in anyone else, for there is no other name in the whole world given to men by which we are to be saved. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy that drew prayers every afternoon. Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, uh, if you want to be part of the conversation this morning, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Now, February is a month dedicated to the Holy Family, and yesterday was World Marriage Day, uh, with this week being National Marriage Week. Now, just in case you didn't notice uh, all the flowers and the red hearts and the candies in so many stores just about everywhere, tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, so uh, that means it's a great time to refocus on the importance of Christian marriage. Joining us live this morning is Morning Air contributor Emily Jaminet to discuss National Marriage Week and the gift of marriage. Emily is a Catholic author, speaker, radio personality, wife, podcaster, and the mother of seven children. She's also the executive director of WelcomeHisHeart.com. Emily is also the author of her most recent award-winning book titled Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises in Your Life. And she can be found as well at emilygeminet.com. Good morning, Emily. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Good morning, John. Thank you so much. What a gift that we get to have this spiritual refocus right before the great season of Lent to focus on the importance of Christian marriage. What a gift. And as you mentioned, I've been going, I'm going on almost 25 years of Christian marriage. Um, My children range 23 to seven. So there's been a lot of ups and downs, busy times, you know, difficult seasons, but yet we persevere. We, We continue to move forward and we allow our marriage to be a light to others. So I think this is such an important topic, especially as we approach Valentine's Day tomorrow. No question. Uh, I bought some roses on Friday for our Blessed Mother. Um, I'm still uh, uh, yet to get the roses for my wife, uh, which is tomorrow. I always like to get them fresh, so we'll wait till the very end. <laughs> but um, you must have learned quite a bit uh, over all these years, 25-plus uh, years uh, of being married with, with your seven children. A couple of, uh, of lessons that, that, that you've learned uh, from uh, your marriage. Well, first, I want to thank my parents and my in-laws for their example of Christian marriage. I think that, you know, we can oftentimes look to each other and notice the barnacles, but yet we need to really thank God for the many gifts. So the first lesson that has been lived out in my life, and I try to live out as well with my husband, is to make your marriage a priority. I know that for many of us, you know, we are very busy balancing two jobs and children or or different stressors, maybe caring for our elderly parents, but yet, you know, seeing the gift of being a couple, spending time together. And, you know, John, there are seasons in my life where we've divided and conquered, you know, to get one kid to this activity and another kid to get to that activity that we didn't always put our best foot forward as a couple. And I noticed that that couple, I want to call it that couple strength has, um, you know, really allows us to decrease those frustrations and maybe even misunderstandings. So the first important thing is that, you know, spend time together. If it's even as simple as planning out your week so that you know 
you know, Fridays are really difficult days for us with all the kids' activities. You know, you, you anticipate that coming or just, you know, sitting at the end of the day, praying and spending some time reflecting on the gift of the day. And Emily, when you think about it, we have 168 hours in a week. And when you talk about spending time together, it's so easy to get caught up uh, with uh, the day-to-day work, uh, career focus. Uh, You spend a lot of time at work, and and it's so easy to spend so little time uh, with your spouse. Uh, When you think about it, out of 168 hours, you you really need to spend uh, at least a few minutes every day in in that you know, real communication, you know, really making that marriage a priority, as, 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 you, as you have just said. Well, John, you even alluded on a very important point, and that is it's not just sitting next to each other and watching television, but really communicating, sharing a piece of our heart with our loved one, our spouse. And um, this is really important in this culture. When I talk to a lot of young couples and married couples, they say, well, we watch our shows together. And I really want to challenge you to consider turning off that television and spending time together and and opening your heart. And that's something that we've had to really shift in our marriage. And it's been a huge blessing. A lot of times we sit before our fireplace and and have a special place that we like to go. And the kids know mom and dad are spending time together. Um, Even if it's right in the middle of the family room, they, they know to respect that that conversation that we might be having. Uh, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, sitting next to the TV, uh, that's not the same as real heart-to-heart uh, communication. And, and especially if one's watching TV, the other one is on the iPhone, uh, you know, going through the Internet. Uh, that's Even though you may be next to each other, that's still not spending quality time together. I, I wouldn't say that that is making the marriage uh, a priority. I I would agree. And, you know, after the Super Bowl, I think we've all had enough television for a while. So let's um, let's refocus. And especially with Lent around the corner, this might be a great goal to set forward. The second suggestion is, um, you know, begin praying together as a couple. I hear so many couples say, you know, it's hard for us to pray together. We don't know how to pray together. We don't know where to begin praying together. And I think that this is um, as simple as holding hands when, you know, one is running out the door or you're running out the door as well and asking the Lord to bless your day, to bless your children and really giving the Lord, you know, that that morning prayer. I I, I know it can be challenging at time incorporating uh, prayer together, but I, I just think the blessing, the spiritual blessing is one we should always strive to incorporate in our marriage. Can you share with us some just practical uh, advice on praying as a couple? Because I think that that might be an area that, that some couples may may struggle with. You know, again, it, it's sort of connected to, you know, spending time together, making your uh, significant other a priority. Praying together, uh, you know, there's so many different ways in which you can do it. Well, you, you bring up such a great point. And in my book, Prayfully, we talk about the importance of holy five, five minutes of prayer. So maybe you start heading down that difficult conversation of talking about some financial stress, some debt you need to pay off, but you just don't know how you're going to do it. You know, when that conversation really starts to to pick up or, or maybe the anxiety picks up, you know, honey, let's have a holy five. Let's just bring these intentions to the Lord. And a lot of times, you know, that that, that lets my husband know uh, that I, my prayer time is not going to be more than five minutes. You know, we can head back to that conversation, but a lot of times there'll be new light, there'll be new inspiration and, and even maybe a priority reset. Sometimes 
we realize as a busy couple with seven kids, we're draining a lot of our resources into something that isn't really bearing the fruit that we would hope and expect, um, not only in the short term, but maybe even in the long run as well. So allowing the Lord to be present is a great spiritual reset. But you know, John, I can't say enough about the importance of going to Mass together. If there is a priority reset that needs to happen, I would encourage you to spend those years going to Mass together each and every week, you know, maybe even one more day a week as well. But spending time worshiping the Lord at Mass is another huge gift that I've seen um, such a blessing and, and even for our children to witness this priority as well. No doubt uh, going to Mass together should be a given. It, it, it's almost, it goes without saying, and yet uh, there's a lot of couples who struggle with getting to Sunday Mass because they're not making it uh, a priority. Uh, we here at, uh, at Relevant Radio are extremely blessed because uh, we can invite our listeners uh, to pray together. They can pray together as a couple uh, in the afternoon with Drew Mariani, with the uh, D- Divine Mercy Chaplet, uh, with so many people uh, that respond uh, every day. And uh, in the evening uh, with Father Rocky and the Family Rosary across uh, America, uh, if a family finds it tough to pray together, if a couple finds it tough, they can always uh, get on uh, uh, the Relevant Radio app or uh, through the Internet uh, right on there. They can watch it right on television and, and literally pray the Family Rosary across America together as a couple and with the kids. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because for me, it's the most important spiritual app on my phone is the Relevant Radio app. And a lot of times, you know, listening to even if it's the In Conversation with God, if we're heading on a a trip, I'll say, I'd like to listen to the In Conversation with God this morning. And, um, you know, that's a great way to begin a spiritual conversation. And a lot of times in National Marriage Week, knowing that, you know, this is a priority, that this is a sacrament, this is a gift, something that we need to really cherish, especially when we know the world does not cherish world, uh, the gift of marriage, uh, you know, as as a, a blessing between two people with a commitment for uh, forever in this world. That's something that those standards are really, really important. You know, John, one of my most meaningful memories as I look back on, you know, St. Valentine's Day is when my husband and I were in the Holy Land together and we renewed, we stated our wedding vows together um, at Cana. And oftentimes when I look at the scriptures in John 2, you know, talking about the wedding feast of Cana, I see that the Lord has elevated marriage to be something so important, such a gift, such an opportunity of not only experiencing joy, but grace in those good times and bad. And and for many of us, maybe just reciting our wedding vows again to remind us of this beautiful gift might generate that grace and healing that we need to have a new beginning in our marriage. I love that. Uh, Reciting the wedding vows. And if anybody uh, has a recording, if they actually video uh, taped uh, their wedding, pulling uh, the DVD out of the shelf and popping it in uh, right around uh, the anniversary of one's wedding is a beautiful thing. We actually, not only do we uh, have renewed it numerous times, we actually watch the ceremony and we were blessed because Father Rocky uh, was the main celebrant in our uh, wedding uh, for Cindy and I. And so it it brings tear to my, I get emotional watching uh, those wedding vows when I see uh, the the beautiful mass uh, from our, uh, from Holy Matrimony that day 
it's just it's become sort of an annual thing. Even if we don't watch the whole thing, we'll just watch those few moments, the the moment of truth when we both uh, said I do. Well, and you know, we know that Our Lady is always there for us and renew, offering us new graces and strength. And you know, as we know, Father Peyton said, a family that prays together stays together. And that's why I'm glad you mentioned the importance of Father Rocky's rosary, saying the rosary together. A lot of times I say, can we just say a decade of the rosary before bed? You know, and, and a lot of times just that decade turns into more, but it allows that we have that introduction, that opportunity um, to go before our, our beautiful Mary statue and, and ask Our Lady for more grace. Emily, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up uh, Father Rocky because he uh, basically channels Father Peyton. He, has, he says it all the time. Uh, you know, the family that prays together stays together. He also reminds us that the more you pray, the better things go. So, I mean, that is one. In fact, it's on our Relevant Radio coffee cup from a couple of pledge drives uh, um, ago. So it's, it's a never-ending reminder of the importance of prayer. Um, we want to continue to uh, talk about uh, Catholic-Christian marriage here, but we need to take a, a short time out. If you want to be part of the conversation on the importance of Christian marriage with Catholic author and speaker and mom, Emily Geminet, uh, we're taking your calls, 888 would love to hear from you, 888 So we're going to take uh, a short break as we continue our discussion with Emily. Stay with us. There's much more coming up on the other side. Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett. And welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Monday morning uh, during National Marriage Week. And in fact, we're talking uh, with Morning Air contributor Emily Geminet. Uh, she's a Catholic author, speaker, radio personality, wife and mother of seven children. And she's sharing some practical advice, uh, five things that we can do to improve our marriages. Uh, Emily, uh, we were talking talking before the break uh, about the importance of praying together. I, I, I had a thought uh, that I wanted to ask you about uh, regarding praying with, uh, with Scripture. Um, should we pray together? Should we try to spend time and read the Bible, the Scriptures together, or is that okay to do it individually? What are your thoughts? What a great question. And I think that first, um, I lo a lot of times I tell my kids, just take the first step. You know, if you're feeling anxious on anything, you know, where what's your comfort level? Begin to incorporate Holy Scripture into your life. And I'll say the greatest transformative thing in our marriage is we both receive the morning readings each and every day in my email. Sometimes I'm up before they even arrive close to five in the morning, but knowing that those scriptures are going to arrive in my inbox and we both choose to read them and then we reflect on them together, such as, you know, um, asking each other, what did you think of the readings today? How did they touch your heart? You know, what is the Lord saying through Holy Scripture? Uh, John, there was a point a number of years ago where I don't think I could have re recited, you know, one Holy Scripture that, uh, that I held into my heart that I memorized at the time. But yet what I realized is more and more as a Catholic Christian, spending each day in prayer, 
utilizing my my Bible, not just the daily readings, but then spending time opening the scriptures and and spending time together with my husband as well. We've gone so much deeper in of hearing the word of God, appreciating the word of God, and oftentimes in those stressful moments of family life, those scriptures come back to you to renew you. Um, you know, just when Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, the life," a lot of times those words can change a conversation, an argument, a disagreement, and and soften our hearts. So hold those scriptures scriptures in your heart and and bring them to your husband and and you know say i'd love to incorporate more scripture um in our marriage there's a ton of scriptures that have to do uh, with marriage uh, if we uh, do nothing else i highly recommend uh what i think is the crown jewel uh, of scriptures on marriage from Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? Spread his arms and died on the cross for us. And that's, it's, it's easier said than done. You know, it really is easier said than done, but I think it's it gives us an understanding about the importance of Christian marriage. This is a sacrament. And for um, one of the things I'm helping out with John is our RCIA program right in our church. And a number of, last week we've been talking a lot about the sacraments, explaining Christian marriage. And a number of the marriages actually were um, taking place outside of the church. They were not officially received that blessing. And I think it's a great time to say, you know, did I, do I have a valid marriage in the life of the church? Is this something I need to reach out to my pastor? And sometimes it's as simple as um, getting, you know, that, that blessing taking place. But that's a great way to, to receive more grace right in your marriage as well. Uh, Emily, we have a God incidence uh, here this morning. Uh, can you imagine celebrating uh, your anniversary on Valentine's Day? Well, Terry is joining us uh, from Kingman, Maine. Good morning, uh, Terry. Uh, welcome to Morning Air. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, you are on with Emily Jaminet. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me and my husband, 47 years, and we're still going strong. God bless Aww. you. That is awesome. He has. He certainly has. A absolutely and, awesome. And we, uh, uh, Terry, uh, <laughs> what has been the key to your longevity? Oh, just always being together, always, you know, having each other's back, laughing and always having a good time together. And, of course having God between us. My husband wasn't that great of a Christian when we first started going out, but as time went on, he's a very good Christian now. Well, I so much appreciate you sharing with us. Uh, happy 47th anniversary, uh, Terry. Thank you so much, and happy, uh, happy Valentine's Day to you guys. Thank you. Thank, Emily, Thank is, you. this is awesome. That really is awesome, you know, and as she said, she alluded to the spiritual journey, right? A lot of times we have to allow our loved ones to grow, to grow spiritually, um, not to just hold the, the past wrongdoings over our heads, but really allow that new beginning. Maybe this is the new beginning on this day that you, you're going to even incorporate some more forgiveness, some, some more asking the Lord for more grace. Maybe this is the beginning where you head back to wanting to live out a sacramental marriage, to be to have your marriage in line with the church's teachings as well. I know you have another uh, c couple of uh, words of advice, uh, some um, uh, really uh, sensible recommendations uh, uh, that you want to share with us here this morning uh, about how to really uh, live out uh, our uh, Catholic marriage. 
Well, you know, the next thing, John, is the importance of mentoring other couples. You know, a lot of times people will say to me, well, I don't, I don't know how to make a difference, Emily. You know, you, you're doing all this other ministry work, but it's by beginning to have an open heart. And a great way to do that is to befriend a young couple that is in that early stages that we can, you know, walk that journey. Uh, there are a number of great programs beginning with, you know, going to your pastor and saying, I'd love to support marriage um, here in the, the our past, our, our parish. So um, I, I've gotten involved in supporting uh, couples through mentorship with my husband. And that's a great way, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to not only strengthen um, your, you know, their marriage or their commitment to the sacrament of marriage, but even for the two of you to remember your story and to see your spiritual growth. So I definitely recommend getting involved in sharing that wisdom and supporting young couples or young uh, couples on the journey early in their marriage. And finally, uh, keys to uh, really uh, spiritually resetting our hearts uh, in our our marriage and and at home. Well, John, those words, I am sorry. Oftentimes we forget to seek the forgiveness for the hurts and pains of the past. I find that those words, sometimes I forget to even say them. And my husband will say, this is the opportunity when you can, you know, we, we, we can mend from the past. Um, so beginning to, to have a, a heart of contrition. And sometimes that even begins with going to the sacrament of reconciliation together. That's a great way to live out uh, that new beginning, to have a spiritual reset and to welcome the love of God into your home because Jesus wants to walk with you. He doesn't want to be knocking on that door. He wants to be right there in your marriage, in your life and helping you. Can you talk about uh, the importance of Going out on a date on a regular basis uh, with your spouse is, is something that you can easily uh, neglect uh, as you do uh, day-to-day, uh, everyday life. Uh, we, you know, weeks can turn into months, and before you know it, it's been a long time since you've actually gone on a date with your wife or your husband. I'm so glad um, that you brought that up because I think a lot of times we can, again, divide and conquer, get so busy that we can forget to set aside special moments for us just as a couple. One of the things that my husband and I did is we have a daughter who is a, uh, a swimmer and she has a lot of these swim practices. And so what we did is we figured out a place in between his work and dropping off this for the swim team. And we carved out twice a week an hour where we spent together instead of me sitting in the parking lot or running back and forth. And it was a great way to look at our schedule and say, maybe, you know, there's time and, you know, right there. And and the Lord showed us this opportunity of of finding this little restaurant. And a lot of times, you know, those were some of our our great laughs and an opportunity on these dates to talk and and to really share our heart and see how we're doing. So I can't say enough um, about the importance of going on a date. It might not be on St. Valentine's Day but it definitely um, needs to be a priority that you assess and say how can this happen or how can I support another couple to get on that date maybe that volunteering to babysit could be a great work of mercy for another couple um, in, in couple mentoring 
Well, uh, all of uh, these suggestions are all very practical, beginning with making your marriage a priority, uh, spending time in prayer as a couple, uh, praying and reading the scriptures, um, supporting young couples uh, and mentoring them, and obviously uh, trying to reset our hearts. Uh, I am reminded uh, of a book that is uh, in my library by the late, great Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Uh, it's called uh, Three to Get Married. It takes three uh, to make love in hearts, the lover, the beloved, and the love. And the love is Jesus Christ. Again, you talk about, you know, making Christ the center of our marriage, of our uh, Christian marriages, holy matrimony. I'm so glad you brought up that book. That was the book given to my husband and I uh, 25 years ago when we were preparing for marriage, Three to Get Married. And it's a book that we continue to pass on to other couples as well. So um, I think that Christian marriage doesn't just happen. It's um, when we allow the Lord into our life. And what you find a lot of times is um, looking back, right? When we look back, we can see how the Lord has worked, how he has provided for, for us in, in every area in which um, we need. And I see the significance of most importantly remembering that it's our hearts it's our hearts is the vessel that holds that love. And if you're feeling, you know, cranky or overwhelmed or bitter, you know, ask the Lord in to touch your heart so that it can go forth and reach and impact your family and, and touch, you know, their hearts as well. But um, being grounded in the sacraments, I can't say enough about the strength the Lord wants to give us to endure all difficulty uh, with that Christian peace and joy. So the, the more we plug in, definitely the more we get out. Without a doubt. The, the one thing I remember, it's my, my job is to get my wife to heaven and her job is to get me to heaven. And uh, if we can do that, I think um, coupled with all your great advice, I think we, we're, we're on the right track. Emily, I really appreciate you being on with us this morning. Well, what a joy to be part of the great Relevant Radio family. Thank you so much. And I look forward to continuing the conversation another time. Many blessings to you. Emily Gemini, the executive director of WelcomeHisHeart.com. And now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Love in Action by St. Teresa of Calcutta. One night a man came to our house and told me there's a family with eight children they've not eaten for days. I took some food and I went. When I finally came to the family, I saw the faces of those little children disfigured by hunger. There was no sorrow or sadness in their faces, just the deep pain of hunger. I gave the rice to the mother. She divided it in two and went out carrying half the rice with her. When she came back, I asked her, where did he go? She gave me this simple answer, to my neighbor's they are hungry also. I was not surprised that she gave, because poor people are generous, but I was surprised that she knew they were hungry. As a rule, when we're suffering, we're so focused on ourselves, we often have no time for others. From Isaiah 58.10, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. 
As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, Peter Atkinson, the director of the Merry Beggars on Relevant Radio, is going to join us live here in studio to give us his take on the Super Bowl halftime show and the Super Bowl commercials. Our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, will continue his series on morality, virtue, and freedom, focusing on moral conscience this morning. Plus, our career coach, Bruce Lockenauer, will discuss the layoffs and share his insights into the job market. So stay with us. We are just warming up here on this Monday. There's much more to come in the final hour of Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.